I don't know what you sound like without the fucking sock condom on. <laughs> and that's the show, folks. <laughs> do, 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 do. I've got a bad feeling about this. God damn, Console Crusade podcast. Get this fucking dirty goddamn sock off the table. Okay, I know it's not DJ. Like, technically like worn I've, since it was last washed. I've been to your house and I've seen you take your socks off in your living room and just leave them on the ground. I didn't put them in your face. <laughs> but they're in my vicinity. Oh my god. Is it would it be better if they were on my feet somehow? Find me a dirty piece of clothing in my room that's not in the laundry basket. I'm just saying. Sometimes you want to get up and walk to the laundry basket. Not everyone's living room can also be in their bedroom, okay, Nick? That's the life you chose to live by not living in basically a studio apartment. It's real cozy in here. Yeah, I try. You have more space than I have in any singular room of my entire house. Yeah, it's a big fucking room. God. But it's also three rooms in one. This is true. Thank God you don't have a toilet in here. Actually, it's like four rooms in one if you think about it. Wow. So I got the office. Yeah. Got the entertainment center, yeah. living room. And we got like dining room kind of where we're sitting right now in the bedroom. You got a whole sink over here. I have a whole fucking sink. Everything in the kitchen sink. Everything but. Everything oh. and. Oh, everything and. <laughs> where did my drink go? I lost my drink. It's right behind you. I got a gurgly stomach. Right I probably don't want to drink it over there. It's right. Uh, 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 so uh, we have not recorded in a while. I went out and bought a new mic today so that we could record in person. And because I did not have the prescience to purchase a pop filter, I'm using one of Nick's clean, quote unquote, socks. It's not worn, but it's definitely been worn a lot. So It's been worn a few times. I've had that sock for I can, a good amount of a year. I can, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. So I, I, uh, I recently started wearing boots again because the weather and such and whatever. The Pacific Northwest right. gets a little damp. So you wear boot socks. Yeah. Wool or yeah, the wool smart adjacent. Wool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My feet have been stinking, which I, I don't have a problem with foot sweat. I don't have a problem with foot smell. Never. haven't had a problem with that since I was a you know teenager. It's been weird, man. Sarah's like, your feet stink. I'm like, my fucking feet don't stink. My feet haven't fucking stunk in 12 years. Do your boots stink? Yeah, boots stink. My, food, my boots don't stink. Like When I smell them, like, it's normal. But then like I take the socks off. I'm like, oh. I texted Sarah the other day. I was like, yeah, my feet stink. Yeah. <laughs> you need some boot stink. You might want to put some like baby powder or some I baby might, soda I in there. It gets rid of the moisture. and that, The smell comes from the moisture. All right. Yeah. I'm a moist man. Let me tell you a thing or two about work boots and the odors that start emanating eventually. Dude, I'm sure they get fucking gnarly. No, they don't get that bad, actually, because I take care of them. You know, it can. It can get there if Luckily, you let it. I've never had like, you know, athlete's foot or like anything gnarly with my yeah, feet. Yeah, I haven't either. Just a little hair on the toes and that's it, you know? Yeah, fucking hobbit feet over a, there. A little callus from all the time I spend barefoot during the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, this is the Consequence State Podcast. Now that we're four minutes in, uh, we're talking about some stuff today. We don't even have a topic list because we're fucking lazy, but we're just here hanging out. I don't even out. remember what we talked about last time. Oh, shit. Neither do I. This is just, we talked about Blizzard, then we talked about Magic uh, some Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Yeah. 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 We're playing lots of X-Mage. Yeah. Which we haven't done at all lately. Yeah. I know. We're going to one night, but then it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I told you to put together a deck and then... I didn't get back from you, so Probably whatever. Fell asleep like ten o'clock. Life, life gets in the way. Yeah, life. Uh, uh. Speaking of Jeff Goldblum, Uh-oh. have you watched anything on Disney Plus? Because that just came out. I have, but I have not watched the Jeff Goldblum show. It's on my watch list. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Just because I don't really give a shit about Jeff Goldblum and like he's a winner. Yeah. I like I, he's. I like nature uh, stuff. Uh, I might uh, uh, might watch some of the other National Geographic stuff, but I'm not exactly enamored with Jeff Goldblum and his cult of personality or whatever i started yeah i started watching the empire of dreams star wars documentary wow that's very good pretty cool the guy who narrates it has a splendid voice you need that for a narrator yeah because that's like their one job (laughs) (laughs) that and like you know kind of telling you things about what's going on on the screen but they got to sound good doing it i hate to see his face like uh was it attenborough attenborough does the planet earth stuff Mm. got a very Good voice for that. Do you remember Civilization Four? I never played Civ and or five. Oh, Leonard Nimoy. That's pretty cool. It was three or four, Mm. uh, or four or five rather. Rest in peace. Four, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he had a great voice. 
It was very intimidating. The Roman Empire. I can't even do I can't. It, it, it's not quite so deep. It's not a, you know, like a James Earl Jones-esque. It's more like, I mean, it's deep. He's got a deep ass voice. He has voice. a commanding voice. But it's... That's because he did a lot of, like, uh, did a lot of plays and stuff. I think maybe Broadway, but maybe just, like, British plays. Was he British? Fuck, I don't even remember. Maybe I'm just getting him mixed up with fucking Picard, you know? He's got a good voice, too. Yes, he does. He's got an interesting timbre, okay? It's <sighs> like, he's got this kind of Kermit-y <laughs> quality, but not quite so, like, I ain't no Muppet. <laughs> it's, like, much deeper, but it's got that sort of uh, otherworldly. Kermit's Much like Kermit the alien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, we talked about that shit. I don't know. And this week, we were going to record last week, and we are going to talk about things like the Fallen Order embargo fiasco and the internet's outcry. We we're going to talk about the Short and Shield debacle, which was continuing to grow post-data mine, post-leak, and the internet was very unhappy, which I think they should still they have the right to be. And I'm still unhappy, but... Well, I think a lot of those controversies, I mean, obviously, they blow over super quick. Right. Because very short lifespan on these things, very short memory. And I don't know, the, the Fallen Order review embargo, like, lifting the the moment the game came out, not that big of a deal. That shit happens all the time. I mean, what's the worst that could happen is that the game isn't very good. Like, fucking who cares? If you're an idiot who pre-orders games still, then, like, that's on you. Just literally wait one minute and be like, okay, this is a 80 sure. critic. It's fine. Sure. It just doesn't, it's just, I agree with you. It is on the consumer to be educated and informed and you shouldn't pre-order games. Like that's bad. Unless there's like a physical special edition you want and you know, it's going to sell out and it's like, oh, I'm going to special order the special edition fire emblem. And it's like, if the game sucks, that's playing the lottery. When was the last time a special edition sold out? Fire Emblem. <laughs> that shit was still selling at Best Buy for like weeks actually, after that game came out. <laughs> I did actually just see it at Best Buy like on a whim not too long ago. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And I was like, ah, it comes with a calendar. I don't give a fuck. And I didn't yeah, get how it. relevant is that calendar now? <laughs> I would have Two years ago, I would have bought that thing because I was a sick man. Yeah, you're addicted to Awakening. So you're super hyped back then. Dude, Three Houses was fucking good though. It's dude. Pretty good game. Pretty good game. Oh, I love that game. Still wish I would have played it on a harder difficulty, but... Can't change the past. I mean, you, you could. You could just. I'm not going to play it again. Fuck that. That shit took me like 80 hours. Yeah. I'm not going to spend. Ooh, playing some footsie, Nick. <laughs> you can see her face. You're like, no, motherfucker. I wasn't trying to touch you. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about our, our thoughts on Star Wars and all that shit. The Pokemon thing, I do want to talk about because it's reviewed well and I haven't played it and I'm not going to buy it yet and i want to say never but everything we've talked about from the graphics to the national decks thing to just whatever it just does not look like a modern next gen pokemon game in the fucking gimmicks with the dynamax and giganta fucking who cares and the new starters got leaked and they are fucking horrible freaking gex the 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 James Bond frog, but blue, but he just is horrible. Uh, but the reviews were decent. But I guess if you're a if you're a diehard Pokemon fan, literally anything with branded Pokemon, like you're gonna play and you're gonna love. Because to be a diehard Pokemon fan, okay, I, gotta, I don't want to offend anybody here, but to be a diehard Pokemon fan, like you gotta kind of have shitty taste <laughs> or a very limited, uh, you know, experience with other RPGs and the like, right? Or you're just not looking for. Like the best game ever. You're just looking to play more Pokemon, I guess. After 20 years of that, though, like you can only have, just have so much more Pokemon before it's like something's got to give. And that's why Let's Go is so good because it was like, oh, something gave. I mean, they took some, they gave some, they did something new and fresh. It was really polished. I mean, they took a lot, and that was why you were so worried about it. And it wasn't the things that they took away that made the game like worse to play. It only made things better in some regards. It smoothed down a lot of the the rough edges that sort of come with replaying that kind of old version of Pokemon. Sure. It gave us a different enough experience and added enough that it was like made the game worthy of having a remake, but polished it enough that it was just a streamlined fun experience. I don't want to speak too much about the actual game itself because we haven't played it obviously, mm. but just based on what we've seen, what the Pokemon company has said about developing the game. Game Freak specifically. Right. It's almost frustrating that like, people are giving it good reviews because they're giving it good reviews 
in spite of like it's kind of like the Death Stranding effect, and we can talk about Death Stranding. I'm sure you've probably watched Andrew play that a little bit. It's like all the reviews were like, "Is it good? Did I like it? Well, here's the, I don't know. Was it a game? Yeah. Did I play it? Sure. But ah, and this was bad, and I don't know about this. But eight and a half out of ten. Okay, <laughs> that's what I feel like. All these Pokemon reviews are. It's like. Well, this is bad, and this is gone, and this was kind of rough, and it looks like shit, and it's buggy as hell, and it's this and it's that. But here's a nine because it's Pokemon. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think uh, a review is like the sum of its parts. It's beyond that, right? So if you think a game is really, really good, but you recognize its flaws, I don't think that necessarily means that you have to give it a lower score. Like if you picked up Skyrim right now, you'd be like, oh, this looks like shit, and it's really buggy, and you know all of this. But I love the game. Nine out of ten. Like, that'd be a fine review. Sure. Or Breath of the Wild. Or Breath of the Wild. Or Best game ever? No. Come on. But people loved it. It hit at the right time. And it was a special time and place thing. And, it, you know. Yeah. You it, have to the review that. is literally subjective. The thing that's frustrating as a bitter old Pokemon fan at the ripe old age of 27 is, you know, they said this was going to be like, this was going to be like the culmination of of Pokemon game. This was going to be for the diehard fans. Well, that's marketing. They say that for every single yeah. fucking game. They said that for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Did you fucking play that? No, no one did. Oh, the old, I forgot about the Ultras. Yeah, just a shitty rehash with like a different cutscene at the beginning. Like, yeah, like horrible. So that's just what they say for every game. So for like, to some extent, I believe that people are a little bit too precious about what Game Freak said or like what the producer said because they have to say it because they have to sell the game. They're not going to be like, Oh, this is our first tryout. You know, we're just trying. You know, they did that with Pokemon Let's Go a little bit. Like, they're like, we're trying a lot of new things. And they're pretty open with that because they were changing a lot of stuff. But they didn't say they're changing much with this. They're like, we're excited to tell you about our new gimmick, which is big Pokemon. (laughs) But something I wanted to relay to you was... Do you remember Pokefloats? Dude, bring back Pokefloats. (laughs) Justice for Pokefloats. (laughs) I just read uh, a comment on Reddit. I don't know what thread it was. Just some thread on Reddit, but... Someone just said, imagine getting this mad about a blog review of a game for children. Listen, I understand that sentiment. It's like being mad that someone that they changed Barney. It's different because... Is it? Positive reviews influence sales. Sales obviously drive what Pokemon company does and what Game Freak does. So if Game Freak says, oh, this was a mass hit, this was a total success despite a couple of angry people on the internet... Guess what they're going to do? They're going to make the same fucking bullshit game for the next 10 years until the Switch moves on to whatever's next. And we're not going to... If this game had completely tanked and the internet outrage had gone wild and everyone said this is not acceptable, after all these years, like, hire a real development team, Game Freak. You have these fucking guys from 1984 trying to make games in 2019. So if this if this game had reviewed poorly and if it sells poorly, they're forced to change something. Like, they have to. But because this is going to go on to sell fucking... 15 million copies this year. They're just going to keep doing it. It would do that regardless of the the reviews. I mean, Anthem reviewed incredibly poorly this year, and it's still one of the best-selling games of the year. That is very interesting. Battlefront 2 reviewed very poorly, but it was still like one of the best-selling games of the month. I don't know how it hashed out for the entire year, but I mean, it's Star Wars, so like it's not going to sell badly. Right. Last Jedi probably reviewed pretty poorly. I mean, it had lower uh, attendance than Force Awakens, but like, you know... The reviews don't necessarily always influence the masses if it's like a known property. Like Pokemon is going to sell well regardless because it's fucking Pokemon. It's the best. It's the the biggest sure. franchise in the world. It's but it's the difference between like the Force Awakens being becoming the best, you know, the highest grossing uh, movie of all time, and people going back again and again and again because it was good enough. And maybe we have differing opinions there, but whereas Last Jedi was like. I know when that came out, the whole controversy was, oh, it's review bombing, it's bots, it's fucking Russians, whatever the fuck. And it's like, no, the movie's actually fucking bad. Like, maybe it's well-made, maybe it's it's pretty and it's this or it's that, but the movie overall is fucking bad, and people didn't go see it again. I saw it once in theaters. I saw Force Awakens, a movie that I thought was aggressively mediocre, that I had a lot of issues with, seven times in theaters. Well, you're part of the problem. I saw The Last Jedi one time, because it <laughs> fucking sucked. Okay, so like the reviews came out, people were mad about it, people saw it, they were disappointed, they didn't keep going back, and they didn't fucking break a trillion fucking dollars. So if Pokemon reviews, but yeah, you're going to have all the people who say, oh, new Pokemon, they're going to buy it. But 
if it's not great or for reviews, but whatever it is, the whole the whole you know confluence of 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 elements here. You know, you're not selling the two copies to every diehard fan. You're not selling the fucking rehash that comes out next year because people are mad. And if that happens and the outrage gets, I mean, look what just happened with fucking. This is this is different, but fucking the Sonic movie. People were like, "No, fuck this dumb shit. We are not going to see that fucking movie." And they're not going to go see it now that it's changed. I'm going to go see it. You would have gone to see it regardless because well, it looked like a trash fire, and that would have been just as interesting. As far as memes go, yeah, but like we said, we we're going to go see Venom. We didn't see fucking Venom. I still haven't seen fucking Venom. I still want to see. So Venom. like, yeah, we would have been like, "Oh, let's go see Sonic" as a bit, but like, hey, we saw Detective Pikachu. But that was like a fine kids movie for kids movie. For, for toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll see, I'll see a Sonic movie if it's a, just a if it's Detective Pikachu. It's not going to be as good as Detective Pikachu. It, it won't be as good. But like I Jim Carrey and fucking Sonic and that one guy who used to be a thing. James Marsden has never been in a good movie. Cheaper by the dozen. Hello. No. Actually, no. His best movie is uh, Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted. I know this. I'm. Uh, help me place this movie with uh, Amy Adams. She comes out of the cartoon, and it's got Wormtail from Harry Potter as the the weird little henchman of like the Maleficent kind of character who comes into the real world, and they're singing. And Patrick Dempsey is there. What? Yeah, it's a musical. It's a great movie. I like it. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm I don't all, know how great it is, but I liked it when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Pokemon. I think another thing that makes it kind of weird is that everything is so divisive on the internet now that if you like the game or want to like the game or want to defend the game it's really easy because there's a million straw men that make themselves just talking about how they're like harassing reviewers and like being really toxic online and then the people on the other side are like oh they're fucking they have a a motive you know these poketubers they have a vested interest in pokemon succeeding because that's their bread and butter like it's just Bad times. Yeah. Also, my dog is whining. I'm gonna go let her inside. Yeah, I was gonna say we're uh, we're doing a deal with the doggo here tonight. That's okay. She'll she'll go through stretches where she's you know no problem, but then she starts barking or whining, and, and uh, she's gonna be real bummed because no one's here to pet her. She'll try. She's a beagle. She'll she's try. A noisy breed. Yeah, it's okay. By the way, we are in person, obviously. Obviously, uh, obviously, doing this in person. We talked about my dirty sock. Got it. Hopefully, I don't run a, a storage space in my laptop <laughs> over the course of this podcast. <laughs> what are you recording in 4K? <laughs> Very real possibility. <laughs> 4K audio. Um, I'm just like down to the wire as far as space goes. So we'll see what happens here. If it gets cut off prematurely, like it's a, it's a sign. It is what it is. And if we'll, we'll post our 20 minutes or 40 minutes or however far we get. If it gets cut off, that's you know. Now you know. No, I, I agree with you. And some people listening will probably just say, maybe you're just being a shitty asshole who's like, why are they giving it good reviews? Well, maybe because it's a good game. And I'm like, okay, fair. Maybe it is. Maybe it is just not for me. But I think there's enough there for, you know, especially for longtime fans of the series. Like, I loved Let's Go. I put a fuck ton of time into Let's Go. I really liked, despite their flaws, Sun and Moon. We played the crap out of that. So it's not like I've been crying about this for 15 years looking to recapture the glory days. It's like I have liked and enjoyed modern Pokemon games. I played the crap out of X and Y. Black and White 2 is before that. Did you play Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire? I did a little bit. I never beat either of those. And then before Black and White 2 was Heart Gold, Soul Silver. So we're going to DS, 3DS, then yeah. you like Let's Go. And I like Let's Go. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hesitated to say, well, it's not for me anymore. Like when, like when we talk about Star Wars and people say, you know, Force Awakens was so mediocre and they I played think- it too safe and Last Jedi was bad. And for people to like discredit my thoughts or opinions on that, like. Oh, because you're a misogynist. That's why you didn't like Last Jedi. Right. It's because there's actually female characters talking to each other. Yeah. That's why I didn't like it. Uh, well, clearly, like, my my <laughs> that's the only reason you wouldn't like it, right? Yeah, seriously though, it's like people's like reaction to it. And I'm like, no, there were real reasons why this movie is really bad. But I mean, on the other, on that. the other hand, you can just be like, oh, you just act like you like it because you're trying to be contrarian, you're trying to prove a point, right? But like, some people can just enjoy it. Sure, there's a gradient of reasons, but because it's so, yes. it's just either you're with me or you're against me. Well, the frustrating thing is like. And the thing that a lot of the times you see people getting amped up in these like quote unquote toxic interactions is when someone's like, dude, the last Jedi fucking sucked. And you get to Brian Altano's of the world who give us their fucking bullshit. He's a total contrarian. He disagrees with all the fucking popular opinions. But he does the whole I'm gonna be Mr. Positive and I'm gonna 
you know, make you feel bad for like having a negative opinion. That is more toxic in my eyes than someone who's like, fuck this movie. And people get riled up, especially on the internet. So a lot of times when someone's like, this is how I feel about it. And it's how a lot of other people feel. And then you get the posi brigade coming in, making everyone feel bad for saying like, Hey, we as consumers and as like fans who are invested in this thing, like we deserve quote unquote, we deserve better. Like, I think there's some, truth to that well i mean if you're if you're if you have like that much following and you see so many negative reactions i can see it making sense to try and harbor a positive environment by like outputting that because you kind of you reap what you sow like if you're gonna act like an asshole on the internet you're gonna get a bunch of asshole followers too well meanwhile something like the joker which everyone it was unanimously unanimously praised and again it's fine you don't have to agree with the you don't if if you don't like something you don't like something or if you like something that's whatever yeah but he didn't go out there and say this movie sucks retweet if you agree and let's well, all fucking know. talk shit about the movie we didn't like he used his platform to do what he does which is to garner reactions which is by being by being which character. is his job well, yeah sure whatever <laughs> but but just again the idea that that sort of reaction to the people who have these opinions they become the vocal minority because in a lot of ways they can feel, you know, people can feel like invalidated because they, you know, there are a lot of toxic people out there. So don't get me wrong, but for, I'm like, Hey, this movie sucks. And literally everybody I know is like, you're being this, you're being that. And I'm like, listen, like Nick, I know you like the force awakens, but you also like, don't really like star Wars. And you're like, oh, the movie was fine. Like, you're right. It was fine. But because we have very different levels of expectations and investment in the in the franchise and in these characters, like, my, my negative reaction is a lot stronger than your, you're like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Like, we didn't, like, love the movie. It's not your favorite movie ever. But it's just that sentiment. And on the internet, you get these polar opposites fighting. And take, it turns into people taking things out of context and being, like, just twisting words and just, just to further an agenda or a narrative that they're trying to, to follow through. Yeah. People like, people like to be angry too. That's the thing. And then, I mean, that's true for no matter whether you like something or dislike something, if you like something, then you've a reason to be angry at people for disliking it. I mean, it just turns, it just, yeah. it, the easiest thing to do is to react and to be like, well, what the fuck? Sometimes something comes along where I'm like, I can't believe someone like this, like genuinely like this. And I don't mean like the four todays or the avatars of the world, but <laughs> good bit, but there, there are movies or there are games or there are shows or whatever it is. And you're just like, this is just fucking awful. And so it does. Sometimes you have this like visceral reaction to someone who has a completely opposite opinion. Like, are you fucking dumb? And it, less so with like, quote unquote, normal people. Right. <laughs> but like people who do this for a living. Right. And I'm like, are you like, you know better than to be like, this is a good thing, or this is like, you know better. So I just think that the the conversation there can be detrimental. And when we're talking, you know, as far as what companies are doing and, and consumers, you know, I think we deserve better. I don't think you should settle for a mediocre game because it's Pokemon. You know what I mean? I think it should be. Yeah, if this game came out and it wasn't called Pokemon, you know, Sword and Shield. If it was, this was Yokai Watch, it'd be the worst fucking Yokai Watch in the in the franchise, right? Yeah, it'd be like a, it'd be a six. I mean, that's it's it's clear that that's the case, but right because of its target audience and the fact that it's uh, built up as a franchise, it gives it a different yeah. it gives it a different perspective. Which I mean, you could say the same thing about Star Wars. Yeah, you could say the same thing about literally anything that is based on something that came before. Right, and and again, maybe. Unfortunately, maybe I've gotten to a point where where these franchises aren't for me. That'd be a huge bummer because I know they're capable of making great things. Like even with my issues with Zelda, right? Of which I think there were many, but they did enough right that that was that was a genuinely like solid experience. You wrap it in a Zelda shell and it, whatever. Which is funny because I'm sitting here arguing against Pokemon with like basically the same argument I use against Zelda, but like I think there are vast degrees from what. I've seen of Pokemon and what Zelda was. So it is, it's the Nintendo effect. It's the Pokemon. It's the name, whatever. My whole point, I guess is just, I'm, I am a little bit bitter because I want better and we're not going to get better. If, if people don't make it known that they want better and they deserve better. Yeah. It would just be nice. Cause you see them team up with like these, these other like companies to make mobile games and shit. Like why can't they give, 
the Pokemon license to another developer to make a real Pokemon game as opposed to like just the spinoffs. Like you really liked what was a Pokemon Conquest? Dude. That like Nobunaga's ambition Super sort of sick. crossover. Like why can't they do more games like that but like give it to Monolith Soft and to let the protect Xen- the franchise. Let the Xenoblade guys make a real Pokemon game or like oh, so cool. Square Enix do like what Dragon Quest Eleven did for the series but do it for Pokemon. Like they could do that and Pokemon makes enough money that anyone would love to work with that IP. Yeah. Like, and I know this is dumb to say because Pokemon is like the highest grossing franchise in the history of entertainment, but Pokemon could go to the next level. They just say, take fucking five companies and give them the IP and just say, make insane fucking games. And so just, it's been around long enough and I'm like, we're in our late twenties. We're still talking about Pokemon. We have fond memories. Like, Pokemon helped us learn how to fucking read, you know? Hell yeah. So they have an audience that is not just kids anymore. They could make uh, games and various different things that's more tailored for us. Yeah. And I guess there's like a little bit of bitterness because of that. Like, why don't they make a game that's good for me instead of this game that's clearly made for kids and it's just got a big Pikachu and it's like, that's the thing, is that there's a big Pikachu and a long Meowth. The other, this is the other side effect of their sustained an inflated success, right, is they can sell 60 fucking million copies of, of the Pokemon games combined. Is also why they sell two versions of the same game. It's a fucking cheap trick. But they can sell 60 million fucking copies or whatever heinous number it is, right? And Can you imagine if any other game franchise did that? You got NBA 2K20 Sword and NBA 2K20 <laughs> yeah, Shield. No shit. Like, it's ridiculous. If you want James Harden, you gotta buy Sword. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> That's still like, acceptable, but like... No, they just have casinos in their game. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, get get your mommy's credit card and buy your VC, your virtual currency. I mean, they did used to have the game corner in uh, red and blue. You could, you could gamble with your Goddamn fucking... microtransactions. <laughs> Seriously. No, but because of their, again, their inflated and, and continued success, selling, you know, a million copies of Pokemon Conquest which for any other game is probably a huge success. Yeah, that, that is a huge success. Right? But for them, they're like, that is a complete and utter failure. Why would we pimp out Pokemon? It's because their mainline games were selling 5 millions of each copy. So you get 10 million I mean, of fucking Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> how much? Uh, we're going to look up some 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 quick quick maths for you here. Probably more than that. I mean, the DS, the DS had 150 million consoles sold. So those probably are probably the highest selling Pokemon games around the DS. Sun and Moon sold over fucking 16 million copies. And that was on the 3DS. So obviously I'm exaggerating with, with 60 million copies. But still, that's a lot of fucking games. And actually, the best-selling Pokemon games were Red and Blue because they counted Red, Blue, and Yellow. I think that was 40 million combined. That's insane. It doesn't get any more bigly than that. They, you know, Again, Pokemon Conquest. We never got a fucking sequel to Pokemon Conquest because it didn't sell well. I'm surprised they did as many mystery dungeons as they did. That was like their premier spinoff franchise. Actually, had like three of them. I'm curious what the actual Pokemon Conquest um, sales numbers are. I'm looking this up now. Pokemon Conquest sells. Jesus fucking Christ! Is this right? Four million copies. That yeah, sounds right. It's got the word Pokemon on huh? it. Like that's insane. That's so many. And that was what? Is that Koei Tecmo? Oh God! See, you make me go back to the Google. I mean, they still do like spinoffs. Like, there's Pokin, and that's uh, Bandai Namco. But Nobunagu. I can't say it. Nobunaga, Nabu, no. Nobunogu, Nobunaga. Anyway, so four million copies. That's a huge fucking success. Well, it's only a forty dollar game because it was on the DS. Why wouldn't? Why? Why isn't there a sequel? What other game in the fucking world sells four million copies and doesn't get a sequel? I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not fucking head of Pokemon Company and Game Freak, making these decisions. I don't know, man. Maybe it was too expensive to license the license the Pokemon brand from Pokemon. Like they just think it's so valuable, but it's got that high overhead. And I bet they, the developers didn't get a, a lick of those those dollars either. They're probably probably not probably a, f- a flat rate. Like they sold four million copies, but we only got this much money. We're not gonna make that. Not gonna that, make them a game again. Well, that might be. But, but then <laughs> what you would have seen is if Nintendo had deemed that a success, they would have found another company to do it. To make the what the next Pokemon strategy game, 
which we haven't gotten. Well, there's probably in the contract that because it's a crossover between Pokemon and Nobunaga's ambition that they're legally obligated to be the only ones that are, you know, first right of refusal, that kind of stuff. It's all, you know. Well, look at like, again, I keep bringing up Let's Go. That was a young, they, that was the B team. They handed that off. That was mobile. Or no, I'm talking about Let's Go. Yeah, Pokemon not Pokemon Go. Go. Yeah. Excuse um, me. Well, Pokemon Go, same thing. They, they were yeah, like, I, was th- I thought you were yeah. talking about that because it's a, a third party working right. with the brand. But, but I mean, that's a wild success. But Pokemon Let's Go, this is just more me shitting on fucking Game Freak, is that they had, what's his face, direct it. Was that Masuda? Um, yeah, it was like, one was, was supposed to be his last game. Right, because uh, he's, he's getting kind of old. Right. But they gave him the B team, the Young Bucks, and they fucking ran away with it because they're young kids who came up developing modern games. Unlike these these old guys, I mean, not to say that everyone working on the Pokemon games is a fucking old guy, but not that Let's Go was like the pinnacle of game design. <laughs> no, but it was just there's a clear difference in quality. And what is Shield Sword and Shield giving us that like Let's Go didn't? Obviously, they had like as far as design goes, from it is like they had a template where Sword and Shield was all from scratch. But I just everything around it. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Pokemon until I'll play it next year. I'll get it on sale. Wait, Nintendo games? Can't sell? Not going to happen? Yeah, not likely. That's always the bummer. It's like, I want to wait to like buy a thing, but it doesn't benefit me to wait. Yeah. Which, I mean, that benefits Nintendo because they've taught their consumers that it's not getting any cheaper. Might as well get it now. Dude, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, here's the thing. That's Keep their not, value. That's not a game that you need to be a part of the zeitgeist for. I don't care. I played a Pokemon. Yeah. I know what the game is. Yeah. I don't care anyone saying about it because it's either people crying and whining about it or it's people being super saccharine, like way over the top. This is takes me back to my childhood. This is life changing. Shut up. It was life changing two years ago when you played Sun and Moon. Right. right? It's a bad Pokemon game. Life changing. You played X and Y six years ago. Right. Like it's just, I don't need either of those discourses in my life. So I'm just like, whatever. So, but if, if you were to buy it, I would consider if my brother bought it, I would consider because yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those social things. Like my buddy Mac, he was texting me saying that he got it and he's been he's been enjoying it. He's mm. he's liking it, but it's one of those things where you like you don't want to you don't want to be the one playing the game a year after everyone else played it either. Right. And I'm sure if we played it, it'd be fine. We'd put ten hours into it. It'd be Pokemon. But there's so many things, and I have such. I, guess, <laughs> I mean, we made it through X and Y, and that was pretty rough. Overall, I liked X and Y. X and Y was fine. I liked some of the Pokemon, but like, tell me one thing about the story. That was the guy, Lysandre or whatever, with the crazy hair. And they were like, trying to like... You mean Lysander? Was it Lysander? Ly- yeah, sure. Lysander. Uh, you said Lysandre, and I'm picturing the way it's spelled because of the way you said that, which yeah. is funny. All I remember is the giant man holding out the hands. It's been 10,000 years. <laughs> I feel why, like, why was he so big? I feel like Lysandre is less dumb than Lysander. <laughs> but you're probably right. Lysander is a Shakespeare thing. Uh, whatever. I think. Pretty sure. Pokemon. Anyway, the guy, and they were something about space, and they were trying to build a thing to either like send Pokemon to space or just send a comet to, I don't know. I thought that weird. was Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon had space and like other dimensions. But they were doing something with space ultra beasts that aren't Pokemon, but they totally are. (laughs) Also, on the on the topic of uh, Sword and Shield, really quick, it's pretty funny that Arceus isn't in the game. Like they couldn't even put God in the game. (laughs) God's not allowed in Great Britain. (laughs) It's an intentional move. So yeah, that's Pokemon again. uh, It's justice for Squirtle. Oh my god, dude! It's. It's so dumb. Don't, see, I'm just getting mad about it. It's it's like a little thing. It's a dumb thing. Uh, let's let's move on to Star Wars. We talked earlier about how there's the review embargo thing, and you know whenever this happens, we have flashbacks to Ubisoft with the Assassin's Creed game, and it was, it was literally like yeah, and it was a total disaster. And they were like, "You're not allowed to release any reviews after the game comes out." This whole thing. And we talked about how, is that shady? Well, no, because it's up to the consumer to be like, smart with their fucking money, whatever. Yeah, and let the reviewers say, hey, we're not allowed to talk about this until, or yeah. this is the embargo they wanted to put to us, and like they can either agree to it. Like You have to sign an NDA in order to agree to it. But right. if you don't sign it and you don't accept to their terms, you don't have to review it right away either. So like, Right. Right. Obviously, so, that can like hurt your bottom line if you're, if you're in the business of like reviewing games, but like you're... Your ethics 
right. and the way you interact with corporations should also be pretty transparent. I think that behooves you. Ethics yeah. in video game journalism? I know. Unheard of. <laughs> Who would think? God. I thought, I remember my, my buddy texted me and he told me about the news. And dude, I was crestfallen. I texted him. I said, the game's going to suck. Lock it in. Like, they're, like, you don't come back. It's just, that is, this is EA. I mean, obviously, Respawn's developing. This is, this is EA. This is a bad business tactic. When you see this, it does not bode well. The game's trash. Not to mention, earlier in the week, they broke the news that uh, their EA Access program, which people can subscribe to to play games like 10 hours early or whatever, right. was not going to apply to this game either. Right. So it just seemed like, well... Because spoilers. Sure. Right. And I'm like, oh, because spoiling it a week ahead Because you've, never, three you've hours. never put out a story game, like you didn't, this wasn't the case for Battlefront 2, was that why the game was like reviewed poorly? And it wasn't the microtransactions, it was actually because people played the game 10 hours early. Spoilers! For the four hour campaign. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so I thought that was it. That was the, that was the end of Star Wars. I was like, I can't wait for a bunch of six and a halves to come out. And it's just, you know, I'm not going to play that. You know, on the five to ten scale like, that reviewers use, right? <laughs> like, if I have The Witcher three and I've got Mad Max, am I going to play the fucking ten, or am I going to play the six and a half? You're playing the ten. I don't. I don't have time in my life to play six and a half, Nick. So I was fully expecting this game to just be like, this game sucks. It's clunky. It's buggy. But it's Star Wars. Like, yeah, okay. No, I can't handle any more of that. Well, luckily. The game came out. It has been very positively reviewed. Last time I looked, it was sitting at an 85 on Metacritic, which is like really good. Metacritic scores usually skew lower. Like good games are usually in the 75 to 80 range, right? Mm. So you you push 80, that's yeah, I don't even really use good. Uh, Metacritic really anymore. I use something called OpenCritic. Oh, okay. Because Metacritic weights their scores and they don't tell you how they're rated, oh, which is super shady. Yeah. Like how much is IGN worth compared to... Games Radar compared to GameSpot compared to, you know. Wow. And then the user reviews you can't fucking trust because it's just people who are giving it a zero because, like, I hate this game or they're giving it a 10 because they like the game and there's no Or because nuance. they don't want it to be a zero. Like, right. User reviews are pretty worthless unless you want to read some funny right. shit posting. <laughs> Which is, again, you have to take a review score with a grain of salt, especially even in an aggregate score. I mean, no, there, yeah, you just read the review because the con right. the word content is more important than the number. It's the number right. only it, it conveys to you a level of quality, but not like the reasons why. Right. And generally speaking, if a game gets a six, it's probably not great. Right. There are there are, there are basic, I guess, universal metrics by which we judge these things, and each of those metrics has a little bit of play, a little a bit of subjectivity, but overall. And that's the, the point of like an aggregator though is that it's right. a, a wide variety of opinions so it just depends on you really ought to find a reviewer whose tastes you align with and then their reviews can be a little bit more like analogous to maybe what you might experience right because like on the topic of death stranding the oh, ign they had a reviewer from australia give it a 6.8 but then, like, they have a French reviewer because, you know, IGN is a global brand who gives it a higher score. Or the Japanese score was higher. Or GameSpot loved it or Giant Bomb hated it. It just depends on who you're listening to and what you think their reasoning behind it. Like, oh, that makes sense. Or, oh, they're being hypercritical of this thing that I wouldn't really care about. Right. So it's kind of hard to... You can't just read it. I mean, we're in the, the age and the era of YouTube and Twitch. So you can watch someone play it and that gives you a much closer idea of like what the actual sure. moment to moment is and whether or not that's something you're into. Sure. So reviews are almost like, I understand they still drive traffic, but I think it's mostly because there's a number attached to it. You can see that with like, I, I guarantee you since Polygon stopped adding numbers to their scores, no one's reading their reviews. Mm. Not nearly as many people who just go to IGN, get that click, scroll to the bottom, look at the number, screenshot, use that as a, as a weapon sure. or justification or whatever, yeah. and then move on. Obviously. I mean, it's the same reason why people make top 10 lists, so people can argue in the comments, because no top 10 list is right. It's just fuel for people to get mad or to be, like, vilified or justified or whatever. Right. The dog is doing it up there just having a, a scamper oh my goodness <laughs> i totally had a thought i lost it i got sorry. distracted by the dog <laughs> um thunderfoots up there on the topic of death stranding it's interesting how hype plays into things how hype can skew a mediocre game into being poor 
how hype can skew a mediocre game to being good or how it just gets people playing it and talking about it, like Death Stranding. Or even a great game and being like, this isn't what I expected. Sure. Yeah. And that's why, like, when we talk about something like The Last of Us 2, like, that is not going to be better than the original game because of the hype, the expectation, and the it won't be dialogue a around it. Surprising thing. It'll be right. more of the same. It'll have surprising moments, but it's going to be a sequel. And people are going to be hypercritical. They're going to analyze every frame of that game. And this ain't the NES era. You know, Mario 2, very different from Mario 1. Right. They're not going to do that. Right. They're going to play it safe because the first game sold many millions of copies. The remake, quote unquote remake, right. the remaster or whatever on the PS4 sold many millions of copies as well. So they're going to play it, quote unquote, safe by just continuing the story because yeah. it's a sequel. But yeah. like, look at Uncharted 2, 3, and 4. It's just right. iterating. God, Uncharted is just not a series. I can't believe that series has any success. It's really surprising how much success that era. series has. I mean, in 2007, I get it. Gorgeous graphics, fun story. Was doing things no game had really ever done is swashbuckling adventure. Games have good graphics now because right. they have hundreds of people making them for five years. <laughs> right. And it's still making them money somehow. As far as the Death Stranding thing, I find it interesting because, again, it's one of those games where, like, nobody, like, nobody really liked it. People found it interesting. And all these guys who got the game for free were like, this does interesting things. It's like a weird mini game that you can enjoy for like two hours, but then there's this whole game around it. So they have all these criticisms, but because it was kind of fun for a second, they're like, yeah. And because Kojima's weird. Yeah. Great game. And I'm like, all the reviews I've read, none of them has ever been, no one was like, this is a great game. This is amazing. This is revolutionary. This is so different and interesting. Yeah, that'd be hyperbolic. They would be criticized for their review if they said that. But people are still giving, again, these great review scores and people are like, oh, Death Stranding turned out to be a great game. It's like, it's just yeah, because like so I much said hype. earlier, a great game can have problems and still be a sure. great game. It's I don't more than think, some of its parts. I don't even think it's a great. Exp- from what again, this is from this is anecdotal friends who've played it, reading reviews, watching streams. It's not Skyrim. This is not like oh, Skyrim was more Skyrim? more uh, was Morrowind but bigger, Oblivion but bigger. Sure, but like but because at where it came in the life cycle of the console, how accessible it was. Like Skyrim's like... It wasn't very accessible if you had a CRT TV. You couldn't read any of the text on listen, the screen. Yeah, or if you had a PS3. <laughs> That's uh, true, because you opened too many doors and it would crash. Oh my God. Well, that was a year after the game even came out before they finally got it, and then it was a buggy mess. But, but yeah, but Skyrim was like... Yeah, Skyrim was a wreck in so many ways, but it was... So, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. Whenever I see someone give a game a 10, that immediately puts out like... Sure. Warning signs to me. Not yeah. to like the game isn't a 10. Like I'm sure they can justify it, but you really have to, I don't know. It's weird. The whole idea of judging someone else's opinion is kind of a slippery slope for me. Sure. And it's kind of tough for me to be like, I can't tell someone what they think about a game, especially a game. Like the way you play the game can change the way you like it. Like I'm sure you watched that video of the guy who's playing cl- Cuphead and can't even get past the first jump in a tutorial, and it's like, this guy is not going to give Cuphead a 10, but someone who really likes running gun video games and loves Contra and stuff can easily give Contra, uh, Cuphead a, a sure. 10, you know? Sure. So it's what you bring to it, too, and, like, what you're looking for and, like, what you're feeling right now. Like, I'm not really right. feeling, like, a, a cozy Pokemon or, like, an RPG right now. I've been playing some Bloodstained, which is, like, an action game. It's Metroidvania. I've been playing some Mario Maker because I fucking love Mario. Right. But, like, give it a month and I'm going to be burrowed in and I'm going to want to play an RPG because that's what I do in the winter when my, when my winter break happens. Like I want to play an RPG. I just want to like zone out. Right. And that's that time and place for it. So maybe this is the right time, right place for a lot of reviewers, but like they can look at it and say, you know, objectively, you know, quote unquote, objectively, right. this might not be everything for everyone, but like for me right now, this is like, it hits. So I can understand that, especially like I'm in the group chat and like two of the guys are playing Death Stranding right now. They're having a great time. We are running out of space quick here, buddy. <laughs> I keep getting okay, warnings. So I'm trying to delete things here before like we are running out of space. Uh, we both have played Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order for what? Maybe like two hours grand total. We got through the little uh, intro scene, got to the first like planet. Right. I've got my hands on it, but I just did some combat. was trying to... Solved some puzzles, did some wall runs. Feels all right. We were worried about the reviews, the embargo. It would just, you know, 
I wasn't too worried. I just thought it was kind of weird how quiet they were about it. But they did the same thing with Titanfall 2 like three years ago, and that was really weird. And you love Titanfall 2. Well, see, the thing with Titanfall 2, and again, they shot themselves in the foot because it... It was also weird because it was before EA owned Respawn, and like there was like some weird kind of shenanigans with first right to refusal about Nexon trying to buy them. And like that, that was a big thing for like a minute there. And then EA decided to put a ring on it. Dude, I was going to say, do you think that was like... Then Vincent Pella, who's like the head of Respawn, was flexing, and now he's like a board member at EA, and so like he That's clearly... weird. Well, I mean, Respawn, they started because of the, the breakup with Activision through Infinity right. War, and there's a big lawsuit about that. So just like reading about all this stuff, it seems like Vince is like big swinging dick, and he's like, I can do what I want, and if you don't like it, then I'm out. Yeah. So I think he's got a lot more power than maybe some of the other uh, developers that's under EA's wing. I say, I wonder if it was like something weird about like, like did they intentionally tank Titanfall two? They might have. I mean, so that they could scoop up respawn. They tried to scissor uh, Call of Duty that year with Titanfall on one end and Battlefield on the other. That's what I'm saying. Is and they, they both suffered for it, right? But Detroit. they, so they, they, they I couldn't like give all these smart people this whole marketing team all these numbers guys no one in the right mind could say this is this was the move you almost think that maybe there's something fishy there because they're like well the game sells like crap and then they they're taking the financial hit it's also like swoop them up the the time gets really squeezed around the end of october early november kind of area because you want to have the game out and distribution in 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 line before black friday because you get so many sales around that time that Maybe it was just like we got to get this game out before the quarter ends because we need that financial boost because of our investors. Like, but it's, then it didn't sell. That game, they would have been better off. It sold, but way. it probably wouldn't have sold more in like January or February. I'm saying you hold that, hold yeah, hold make that a Valentine's Day game. That thing probably would have done way better. Maybe, but I mean, we don't know. Unfortunately, because it was a freaking great game. Respawn makes great games. So that's that's my that's my conspiracy jiggle for the day. Yeah, I mean, I think it, EA tanked it on purpose. There, right? there is. There is a reality in which that happened, and that might be our reality, but I don't know. <laughs> I think it's stain. I think universe. it's a yeah. It's 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 valid. Yeah. So anyway, Star Wars comes out. It reviews very well. Uh, people are happy about it. It's a buggy experience. That's the one thing people have really been harping on. We had a hard not, crash. Yeah, I I saw yeah, quite <laughs> quite a bit of uh, frame rate troubles. Not as bad as I expected based on all the reviews and what people are talking about it. It like it to me it ran better than God of War. Oh no, it was chugging away more than God of War. I don't me. know. God of War was for me a mess when I first played. And I it. played both of them on base PS4, so Okay, fair enough. Maybe I don't know, maybe it was because I was playing unlocked, so the, the dips were more noticeable because you would go yeah. from fifty to twenty eight. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe it was just more exaggerated. As opposed to thirty to twenty five, which right. might have been for God of War. Sure. Maybe. Less noticeable. I thought it ran fine. The hard crash was was a bummer. <laughs> you just completely had to reboot. But and and here's the thing: people say, "Oh, this game they should have waited till it had more polish. You should have delayed it or whatever." It like it'll get know. patched. Here's the thing: there are little things, but but there's only so much you can do. Like when we crashed there, and all the instances of playtesting that probably never happened, and that we reported that, and that's gonna make it back to the dev team, right? And be like, uh oh. When this line of code does this, this thing happens and the game crashes. Like so That's many of those things. It's not the first time that game has crashed for anyone. Like they, no, of course not. You have to imagine, like yes, there are incidents that get past QA, but like there also there's a term for that called known shippable, mm-hmm. where it's like we know that this is a problem, we have to get it out anyway, and we'll just fix it afterwards. But even considering the scope of these things and how many people are working on it and how much goes into it. I'm not saying it's like unforgivable. It's definitely forgivable, but sure. it's something that needs to be like, yeah, this, this game's with. probably going to crash on you. Yeah. You're going to have frame rate hitches in like two weeks. There's probably going to be a patch. That's like, Hey, we fixed this, this and this. We know about this. We're working to fix that. Sure. We're going to add a photo mode, you know, all that kind of shit, whatever. But New game plus will be added eventually. This is why all these big games, unless they're the Witcher, which took, Let's see, Witcher 2 is 2012. And people were pissed when The Witcher 3 came out. I'm sorry, Witcher 2 is 2008? A long time ago. Uh, what, not 2012. I don't know it was definitely that. 360, though. Yeah, we, we, ages, maybe ages ago. Maybe maybe? Anyway, so Witcher, In Witcher 3 took takes you know six, seven yeah. years to develop. Okay, like active development. Like, okay, you have a little more time to play test, to polish things, 
and you have you know whatever Polish things, right? Hey. <laughs> but, but like and you see games like Skyrim or or any of the Bethesda games, and they're so buggy because they're massive. And guess what? Sometimes you can't fix things until ten. Tens of thousands of people have found these things that forever. I, I, <laughs> Sometimes well, you just don't fix them. <laughs> that's where the issue is. So when you find the, the glitches are found, you gotta you gotta patch them. And well, at least some thankfully this game isn't on Frostbite or on Bethesda's engine. This right. is on Unreal, so right. they they probably get some more support from Epic on that. Right, a known quantity. That's presumably that's more ubiquitous than definitely more ubiquitous than fucking Frostbite, yeah. which they can't make any game on except unless it's a shooter. Right. So a, a, a little thing like that, it's not like it's running at 12 frames per second and crashing every 10 minutes. No, no, no. It's not not nearly that bad, but it totally is buggy. playable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but Buggy was, but playable. Yeah. It, I even hesitate to say it was buggy. It had one issue and like two frame rate drops. Like it wasn't even like that bad. Again, my experience more, with God of War was way worse. I mean, you were on your phone, but there were parts where I was like, oh, okay. It was in the grass, grassy area. It got worse. Yeah, it was really okay. bad. And yeah. like going from one area to another is definitely like loading in assets really slowly. And like, gotcha. I mean, it's noticeable. And like, I'm not the most, you know, I, I don't notice. Attuned to that? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I don't sure. play a lot of games that try for 60, but then don't hit it. That's right. My eyes see 125 per second, so that's okay. Yeah, I'm not a fighter pilot like you. <laughs> <laughs> I got okay, the, Star Fox. I got these dumb eyes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the actual game. Let's talk about the game. Okay, it's a little buggy. No big deal. Graphically, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a good-looking game. I think I would rather play on my PC than on the base PS4 that I have. Yeah. Because it looks a little fuzzy, and... That's fine, but like I would, I have the option to play this on a more powerful piece of hardware. Sure. So I would much rather do it there. Fuzz and is the right word. It definitely has that like janky alias. It's got some fuzz. And like, I think I just have a problem with modern cameras because I had this problem with God of War and trying to get used to that, but it's like so unresponsive and like kind of slow. And like this, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's like the ramp up into the camera movement speed that like I end up overshooting a lot of times. Or like it's yeah. just too sensitive, but it's not sensitive enough at the same time. Camera yeah, acceleration. Yeah, it's the cam- it literally is the camera acceleration. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of wonky, and I'd like sure. to be able to fine tune that. And that might be an option on the yeah. on the PC. Uh, I'm not going to play on mouse and keyboard because I can't play action games on mouse and keyboard to horrible. save my life. It's, you want to talk about unintuitive? Yeah, that's that's garbage. Not for me. I think graphically, like, it doesn't look bad. Some of the facial stuff is weird. I think the aliens um, look really good. Well, yeah, it just doesn't have a lot of character. Or style. It's it's kind of gray. It's kind of brown. It's just very like, okay. We've that's, only been to the two locations. I would imagine that there's. But just the, 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 the lava style, planet the and the snow planet. There's got to be like different like. I'm sure. But I don't, I don't mean locales and set design. I just mean the the aesthetic. It's very. The, the palette. The, it's very the look generic. Of it's very generic. It's just like, okay, that's a game. Like something like The Witcher had its own character. And it, it, was, it had a very. I don't want to say very distinct as if it were like some crazy cell shaded thing, but it was like had its own look and it was very See, I don't think the when I look at like videos of the Witcher, I don't think, oh man, wow. The until, Witcher until like Blood and Wine, where it actually like looked like a different area. That was cool. Sure. The Witcher But then you go to like Skelagos and you're just like, oh this is a fucking rock in the sea, whatever. We, sure. But there's so many locations. I'm in the woods in this, I gotta follow the footprints of this witch. Best still to this day, I think's probably still the best looking game I've played. Um when it was maxed out. Right. Again, I'm sure the Xbox or PS4 base experience was very different than what I had with a, the most powerful card at the time that you could possibly buy. Yeah, I've only played it on my PC, with, which yeah. has a 970. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous game. But but the art style, the art direction, it just, it's kind of, the Star Wars is a little bit bland, and we'll see as things pick up, but it's like, that's not a deal breaker for me by any means. Um, combat. Well, first, okay, let's get to the combat. Let's start here. We started this game together, and you, you have an opening cutscene, and this is going to be spoiler-free, but there's a whole opening cutscene. You immediately get to know these two characters who are both interesting and I think well-acted right off the bat, even though I hate what's-his-face's dumb monkey face. And I was quickly like, okay, this is Star Wars. Like, we talked about how what a great job like showing scale they're doing. You're, you're in this big junkyard. You're seeing all these ships and you feel very small. And it runs to one of this tutorial where you're running around the junkyard doing less platforming and it's quickly trying to teach you all the platforming 
and all the tips and tricks and yeah, very uncharted with like the the guided yes. sort of tutorial and like you said platforming section but as that's going on you've got the camera that's actively moving around you and showing off hey check out that big ship over there look oh, at these yeah. look at these droids doing their thing and look at you know you're actually in a quote-unquote living breathing environment right. you know and if, if you've played stuff's going on while you're moving through it right if you've played uncharted if you've played um horizon you're gonna be very familiar like horizon especially is god of war the most... had moments of that too from last year yeah and that was that was platforming but but not quite to this level or to this degree similar level though with like hey check out this painted white handhold thing right here's an arrow uh, jump up this ledge. Good visual language. Like, yeah, you have a, there's a, you have a pretty good idea of like what you can interact with in this game, except for the very beginning when you're jumping at that wall, thinking that you could climb up it. I'm like, no, just go over there where the light is shining on the slide. Oh, that I, you're I going didn't down. see that. I was just, I was just like, hey, yeah, whatever. Horizon is probably the most comparable game as far as how this game feels to me so far that mm. I've played in recent years. As far as, I mean, if you've played a modern third person action adventure RPG, you you know how this game feels. So, so kind of skipping through without spoiling things, you get dumped into the story very, very quick. You have just enough to kind of get to know these characters. You like them. And then action happens. You have this huge action set piece where it's very Uncharted. It's very much the beginning of Uncharted 2. And again, if if that if you've played Uncharted 2, you get an idea of what's happening in this junkyard. It's big. It's kind of freaky. You're doing a lot of platforming. And it's it's thrilling. You're like, whoa, this that just happened. And you're like, co- the combat tutorial kicks in and yep. you were very happy the first time you just like chopped a, <laughs> chopped a dude down with a lightsaber. Dude, it was sick. Watching the gameplay, you're like, what, what's up? Why is this guy not just cutting down stormtroopers? He's a goddamn Jedi with a lightsaber and these are clunk heads and armor. Not a problem. You just one hit these guys, poof, poof, chop them to bits. It's, it's, the, it's the later guys who have the stun batons and things that can combat a lightsaber. Whatever. So that was nice. You felt powerful right off the bat. And you just you just met this guy. Spoiler alert, he's a Jedi. So that was cool. So yeah, you go through the whole combat thing. And again, it's like, I thought the pacing of the, tu- the tutorial was really good. It wasn't hand-holding whatsoever. It hit all the beats. It felt natural. It was quick. And you just got through it all. And then we're on to the story. So I think it was a, it was a really good first hour. The second planet we went to, you took over. Um, so I was kind of on and off my phone. But like, it felt a lot more boring to me. It was, I had the same look everywhere, had the same two enemies. And I know it's supposed to just be a little like intermediary sort of place before you go off to presumably the next planet or wherever you're going. Yeah, I think it was more just setting the tone of like, okay, we have that intro sort of bombastic cinematic tutorial section. And now this is more of like the bread and butter of like what you're going to be doing as far as exploring the area and unlocking backtracking shortcuts and like this is the this is the game that you're actually playing sure and the first part was just like a a little experience and well, you're probably gonna have those sprinkled in it'd be like saying okay because spider-man opened with a qte then that's what the game is like sure. no that's just like for the big bombastic moments yeah well we'll see hopefully the locations get more diverse and the enemies get more diverse oh you know they're going to be like, this is just some like podunk swampy yeah. area with like bog rats yeah ogdo bogadin Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Humpening company. <laughs> getting my ass beat by the, the same boss everyone else talks about getting their ass beat by. So, the combat. For me, I love I, I love just the Assassin's Creed, Batman, Arkham combat. Mm. Give me an attack button. Maybe give me a couple of items. Give me a parry button. I'm okay with that usually. And that's kind of what this feels like to me. Really? Yeah. I've, t- a little bit too mashy. Okay. I I wonder. I'm I'm curious because to me it felt like, and my frustrations with it are very similar to that of my time playing like the Dark Souls game. You have attack, you have parry, you have dodge, and I'm like, really, that's really simple. And everything fact, felt just a little bit looser to me than uh, sure. Dark Souls, and that's probably by design. Sure, I mean, uh, yeah, this this game is not what those games are. But I mean, they they took a lot of cues from that. You've got these meditation rings that you heal at, and Little it resets bonfires. all the enemies, and it resets your um, your health packs, and then you upgrade your health packs so you get more of them, or they heal you for more as you go along through the game. So yeah. 
I would imagine that they took a lot of cues in that respect and like combat wise, it just doesn't feel anything like Dark Souls to me. People feels are saying a lot closer like to Sekiro. No, I don't you know. I haven't, I haven't played Sekiro, but like that's what people are saying. But to I me, it know. felt a lot more like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Hmm. Maybe a little bit better because a lot of that combat felt like I was attacking people with like a pool noodle. And there's like a little bit of that here where I just don't feel like as much impact with my uh, attacks. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm two shotting a lot of these like little critters that are hanging out, but you're getting really granular with it in, in compared to me. Wow. Imagine no, me getting granular. No, no, I think that's good though. It's perspective for other like souls players who are like looking at, at this sort of game. Yeah. I think it's just the easy comparison to draw just because of other things that they're doing in the game. But combat wise, I don't, I don't get a dark souls vibe at all. See, it's funny. Cause you said the same thing about like monster hunter. It's like, you don't have a stamina bar even like you can just swing your sword as much as you want. And like the, of your enemies have attacks that aren't going to get interrupted by that for some reason. But like, you can just keep attacking. You can keep dodging. There's infinite dodge, infinite attack. The only thing that you have a bar for is your um, your defense powers. and your forts. Yeah. So you have like force powers where you can like freeze your enemy or like I think your heavy attack uses force power as well. See, to me, it feels at its... At, I'm sure you'll fight me on this, but like we had this discourse over Monster Hunter. And a lot of people out there are like, oh, Monster Hunter is like Dark Souls with, with dinosaurs. And yeah, so it came first. So Dark Souls is more like Monster Hunter with zombies, sure, <laughs> or whatever. And when you, if you really break it down, like you're sitting here breaking down, like, well, Star Wars doesn't have a stamina bar, and you can only blah blah blah. But it's like, if I'm looking at Souls or Assassin's Creed Arkham, this combat in Star Wars is a lot more like like Dark Souls, where it's it's your timing is really important. It's not just go hack and slash until you kill the things. It's you have to get your timing right. You have to get your parries right. You have to know when to dodge because there are. So you're you saying it's just, it's just well designed as opposed to Assassin's Creed combat. <laughs> I, I mean, I would argue for a lot of games and for a lot of people, the simpler combat is is better. Daniel could never play the Star Wars game. Like he just he would not have the patience to figure out like you don't just go spam this button and kill a thing. You have to like think about it. You have to stop every enemy has a different attack pattern. Every enemy has different timing on how you parry them. You have to stop. You have to think. Even on a lower difficulty, you can't. Yeah, just and I wouldn't say rush. that that's complex. That's just requires more patience. Sure, more definitely more way and to, to, to pay attention. That. And I think it's just more rewarding in general to be like, I have to do the thing, and I'm not just cruising through it's not like a roller coaster that you're just sort of experiencing and you're oh i'm gonna attack this guy but i'm not actually attacking i'm just pressing the button and then the game does the rest right this is more like your actions do follow through and you're just doing the thing which i guess you could say is souls like or i could just say it's just like not brain dead combat (laughs) like this is probably closer to god of war combat just because you have like powers and you're upgrading them but you never have that in something like Dark Souls. It's very like your weapon has two attacks and that's what you do. See, Dark, uh, sorry, uh, God of War again, just to me felt so, it felt so just hack and slash to me. And again, maybe it was the easier difficulty I'm playing on. And the, encou- so the encounters and the encounters in God of War, like you're fighting a lot more weenie enemies as opposed to like this, where the enemies are still pretty weenie in this first area, but you can see like, you definitely see the DNA and like, you see where it's going to go, that it's going to be a lot more one-on-one attacks, one-on-one battles, which are always more fun to me. Like, I don't like to be surrounded by things that don't matter. I'd rather be like, oh, this one guy can mess me up, and I have to really worry about this one guy right now, and that keeps me engaged and focused. That makes sense. I get frustrated quicker than anything, so there's a balance to me between, like, okay, this is not Dynasty Warriors, too. Yeah. you know, and I'm just hack and slashing everything, and you get bored really, really quickly. Versus like, like I like the God of War combat now in retrospect with like a little more perspective, mm. but, and again, it was the difficulty, difficulty level probably influenced like how bored I got of it. And that's another thing but, really quick while you're on that comp, over on this uh, line of thought, I think the thing I would get frustrated the most by this game is the fact that the load times are so bad right now. I really hope that gets fixed. Because I'm sure it will be. It was yeah. really, really bad. Trying, like, I want to fight that that frog thing a bunch, but I don't want to wait a full minute in between death and, and then like, have to run back all the way up. Running, a, the running thing. back is fine. Running back, I'm doing a thing. But like sitting there looking at a black screen, I'm not doing anything. I'm just yeah. losing patience. If you ha- if you hop on Twitter in between, instances, then I'm not playing the game. I'm just I'm, twi- I'm on Twitter. That's bad. I agree with you there, and that'll all get fixed. But so far, the game. Hopefully, the game <laughs> can't is, just say that it will because it might not. But like, hopefully, it does. I have I have faith in a company like like Reese. They've done they've done well. They've done really well. 
So they have, but I don't know what their load times are in other games. And like, is the design lends itself to that? Like what's the, I, I can't, I can't speak with authority that they will. I hope they do though. Um, I believe in them. Uh, 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 overall, it feels like star Wars. You feel like a Jedi playing as this kid. Right. And that first set piece is any indication like this is going to be a really cool experience. Definitely. Yeah. It seems so, really bombastic and yeah. entertaining. So Which I'm, Star I mean, Wars, I, above all things, should be entertaining. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm I'm all on board, and I'm going to hopefully get some time to play it this week. We'll see. It might kind of get put on the back burner until uh, Christmas break, but... I will say that I enjoyed the little bit of hands-on I got with it, but this is not like I have to go out and get this game right away. Sure. I I feel fine waiting for this. I've got other games that I've been playing and I want to keep going and get back to. You got to pick up Pokemon. So yeah, you, I'm you'll gonna, be busy. Pick up Pokemon <laughs> so I can uh, cry on the internet about that. But then, uh, you know, got other games to play. This will probably be pretty cheap, pretty, pretty quick. And then, yeah, probably play this maybe next year. Next year. Dang, man. Dude, it's almost December. I know. I just need you to play a game at the same time as me so we can talk about it. Have a shared experience. I can't get you to play MTG Arena. You get shield, I'll get sword. Oh my god! <laughs> if you bought it, I would, I would very reluctantly buy I it. I could easily it. bully you into, into getting that game if I, I wanted to. Yeah. You love to spend your money. A fool well, and his money, you know. Uh, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't love spending my money. I don't. I I like spending my money on cool things. I don't like buying dumb shit. I like buying shit I can use or shit I can like. And I feel like. I'm just Pokemon would be neither of those. <laughs> I'm just giving you. Yeah, so yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Well, I hope this podcast sounds okay. I'm talking to a sock. My mouth keeps touching it inadvertently. <laughs> uh, but it's 11:42. I'm exhausted. I have to work all day tomorrow and then drive back to Eugene. So we're gonna wrap it up. It's gonna take a lot of editing. I'm sorry. We're an hour 20 in right now. I bet you this podcast ends up being like 61 minutes long. Damn. We're going to cut a lot out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. That, that dog. I'm sorry. I'm not worried about it. We got some good stuff despite it. Concert Shape Podcast.